0: Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. One of the things that I've said in previous segments that bears repetition is a mortgage is debt. I don't think all debt is bad. I think managing your debt can make you a prince or a pauper. Um, I grew up thinking that my parents wanted to pay off their mortgage. Very positive right? Back before there was the internet. Gather around the fire, children. I want to tell you about the scariest of times. We had mailmen who brought our bills to us. One of the things I've done that I highly recommend people do is automate all their debt. I don't have one bill that doesn't go uh, unpaid. I don't have to rely on my spouse having an envelope or a stamp. Hey, honey, do you have an envelope? Hey, honey, do, you, do we have any stamps? I automate my debt. Paying on time has kept my credit score lovely. It wasn't always lovely. I got into some not paying on time debt in college. So I came out of college with a lower credit score than my peers, which meant I had to pay more for a used car, a new car, anything that caused me to borrow money. My friends had sick, as we used to call them, which meant good. They had wonderful credit cards. I had less than wonderful. So I made a resolve to fix my credit and, and never mess it up again. I didn't buy a kit from Suze Orman. How to fix your credit? Send me $99 and I'll tell you the secrets. Um, and then Sue Zorman didn't seem to understand that all that information's on the internet right now, go Google how to fix your credit. Sadly, the, the number one thing is it takes some time. You have to prove that you can pay your bills on time, and that's why I automated all my bills. A lot of people when I was growing up viewed debt as avoided at all cost. I believe that's because a lot of people don't use debt properly. And they saw maybe their grandparents lose their farm when mortgages could be called. They can no longer be called. You have a $600,000 debt right now on your home. The bank cannot call you up and say, you know what? Looks like a recession's coming. We, We really need that money back. So you need to sell the farm or give us our money. So what got us into a lot of trouble was callable debt. Prime example of improper debt use is credit cards. A proper use of debt, in my opinion, is credit cards as well, but paying them off monthly. I use credit cards to help with my budget. My certified financial planner, Brad, says, we need to work a little bit on your budget. You spent way too much last year on discretionary items like concerts. I'm like, okay, let me link my, my credit cards because that's where all my spending comes from. I probably write five checks a year. Um, not many. And it's typically for odd things like construction work that they don't have the infrastructure to take a credit card payment of Venmo or PayPal. Trust me, I ask. So good debt could be. Credit card debt. Bad debt could be credit card debt. Oh, Rob, make it easier. Um, carrying credit card debt's bad. Student debt, I think, is usually pretty good if you got a degree that's worth something. I'm going to say if you spent $30,000, 40000 $50,000 on a college degree, what co- type of college degree did you get? If you're never going to use that college degree, was it really good debt? I don't think so. If you went to college so you could find a husband or a wife and not work, there's easier ways to do that in life. Cheaper ways as well. A prime example of improper debt, credit card debt. Let's stay on that one. as negative for a while. I only say credit card debt's good because I pay it off every month and it gives me a budget and I can see it. I can download the information and I get credit card rewards. People charge way too many things they shouldn't charge. But Rob, you use your Verizon credit card to charge your groceries. I do because they give me 4%. If at the end of the month, I was giving them 18% annual percentage rates, I would be the fool. Not, I'm not saying Verizon's the fool here, but I'll take that 4% off on my groceries. I have never failed to pay the card in full at the end of the month. Um, Some people do, and then suddenly it spirals out of control. Missing one-month payment turns into 2 months payment. That's why I always automate my debt. Paying high interest over years is foolish. Borrowing money by collateralizing stocks held in after-tax investment accounts is called securities-backed lending. The interest rate will often be lower than other types of loans, and you'll generally get access to funds in just a few days. I've done that. When I bought a home a year and a half ago, I lent the bank. I didn't lend the bank. I asked for a loan from them, and they said, I see that you got a lot of shares of Apple. And they're like, sign something, Rob, that says, We get those if you don't pay us back. And I did. Um, and then we turned that into a 30-year mortgage after the home was was already acquired in cash. So for the first time in my career, I got a mortgage after I bought a home. securities back lending, not the worst thing in the world, not the easiest thing to pull off if you don't know about it, or you, you have a lender who um, has only simpler products and knowledge base. So collateralized debt is interesting. Um, some benefits to securities-backed lending, the advantage of security-backed lending. Uh, even if you're not retired, can enhance your purchasing power. Uh, the best example is the home that I bought. Especially in the last few years, the real estate market's been tight. Homes in the market often get multiple offers. Having cash was able to make my bid more attractive. There was 12 bids on the home, but only two cash offers, and I was one of the two. And I knew what to do to make sure the deal got done. Having a good... one minute Real estate agent obviously helps enormously. I've never been interested in real estate agents who are attractive. I know that sounds like a weird thing to say. I've never been interested in real estate agents who have gimmicks like they ride around your city on a Segway. I like real estate agents who are a little bit older, a little bit more gray, and they grew up on the street that you're buying on because it's the best street in the city. That attracts me to a real estate agent much more so than, say, a successful one who has a nice car. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Have you... Turned on CNN recently. This is not a commentary on political content. CNN is trying to cut down on um, the political news. So I turned on CNN yesterday, mid afternoon, to watch a little hurricane. I don't know why, but it's, it's damn good TV to me. Um, it's just jarring to see. 25 years ago, before I moved to the Bay Area, I was told, "Don't move to the Bay Area. There's earthquakes." I'm like, "Well, there's hurricanes and tornadoes here. They they, they do a lot of damage too on the East Coast." Um, and people just roll their eyes like, oh, "You'll find out." <laughs> I'm not here to talk about and jinx myself on earthquakes. I I don't think they're any fun, any way, shape, or form. I don't think hurricanes are any fun, except for if you're on dry land and watch them on CNN. Like, I, I, I didn't, there's a house in that guy's front yard. <laughs> You're like, Yeah, you just saw that too. With Hurricane Ian ripping through Florida, um, a lot of people wonder how well their home insurance is going to cover in fair in a natural disaster. I don't even think about my homeowner's insurance until I see a hurricane destroy someone else's financial life. When I hear two feet of rain, I go, what would two feet of rain in 36 hours do to my swimming pool? i like, ooh, I don't think I could pump it out fast enough, to be honest with you. And the neighbors don't like when you pump chlorinated water into the streets. So you're kind of like, how do I do this discreetly? How do I do this uh, environmentally safely? Like. You can see how natural disasters put people in these compromised situations of like, and that's an easy one. We're talking about chlorinated water. We're not talking about your car floating away. So I did start thinking about my insurance yesterday. It's a shame that's what it takes. Um, I tried to set up on my calendar two times a year to go over my insurance issues. So... It could be June 1st, July 1st. It could be January 1st, January 15th, whatever you want. Even if your insurance covers the destruction, it may not be enough. Many home buyers, I'm sorry, not homeowners, simply do not have adequate protection to cover all their losses. And because of a tax reform law, uninsured losses can only be deducted in specific cases. Florida is home of 79% of all homeowner insurance lawsuits. How is that possible? There's a big argument. And you tell me where you you fall on this one. Uh, You live in Miami. It's beautiful. It's on the beach. Um, Why does the federal government bail you out? And when I say the federal government, I'm talking about the taxpayer in Modesto, California. I'm talking about the taxpayer in Utah. Why does the average taxpayer do FEMA relief, do tax relief for people who live in beautiful cities? That's a big debate this time. It's interesting watching news, trying to figure out angles. Uh, even if your insurance covers the destruction, it, it's typically not going to be enough. It's too early to tell what the damage projections are going to be like. Is it going to be 20 billion, 40 billion, 60 billion? Fortunately for Florida, the, the storm turned into a category one tropical storm quicker. It did not stay the category four, category five hurricane. I think it was like category four at its highest, but there were some parts of it that probably hit the wind speed limits that put it into a category five. It's different being a homeowner and a re- and a renter. As a renter, I had renter's insurance. As a homeowner, I have homeowner's insurance. I've never really made a big claim against either. So in my head of heads, I'm checking it twice a year. But also as I age, I'm like, that was kind of unnecessary. Now, again, you insure what you can't afford to lose. If my home today were to get hit with 36 inches of water and the pool were to flow into the home, that would be a big financial hit for me. That's why in theory, I have it. So I I had to ask the questions yesterday. I've never owned a pool in my life. This is the first year. I had to ask the question, uh, should I call my insurance company, USAA, and ask if we got 36 inches of rain, would it be covered? So I got off my butt, and I called USAA, and I had the question answered. You should have some questions answered about your home. Uh, I live in earthquake country. I know what's covered and not covered, because that was kind of a no-brainer. The, the big question was, 36 inches of rain, um, what would happen? And keep in mind, last year we had, in December, we had a storm that that drummed like 20 inches over three or four days. It was a crazy rain. And then December didn't get anything else, right? Or the year got nothing in January and February. It was like, yes, our drought's going to be over. And then January and February just never materialized. So last year, I, I learned how to drain a pool. This year, I learned about am I covered or not? No direct hits occurred in Florida over the past three hurricane seasons until Ian. Florida is the site of 79% of homeowners insurance lawsuits over claims filed nationwide, even though Florida's insurance receives only 9% of all homeowners insurance claims. So they're in a litigious part of the country. Homeowners insurance covers damage sustained from most hazards, including a tornado, hurricane, severe rain, storm, fires, wind. Um... But homeowners insurance will pay to repair the structure of the property up to the insured amount and other detached structures like garage or uh, sheds. Typically, about 10% of the main structure's insured amount. It also covers possessions inside the home. Typically, up to 50 to 70% of home structures are insured. Landscaping elements such as trees and shrubs are generally reimbursed at about $500 per item. Florida is a state of crisis. Residents currently pay the highest homeowner's insurance rates in the United States at an average of $4,200 a year. That's three times the U.S. annual average of $1,500. Hurricane Andrew, which killed 23 people in the United States and three in the Bahamas, caused an estimated $15.5 billion in total insured losses. That created insolvency in 11 insurance companies. They just went completely out of business. If a... Another Andrew hit, which was a category five, and it were to just strike south of Miami, uh, it would cause over $130 billion of damages. So Florida is kind of vulnerable to hurricanes. And that's seriously underestimated in the media. Um, again, the question now comes up how much should the federal aid, how far should we go to covering? People who live in nice homes, in nice places, with the thought that they have insurance, but the insurance companies aren't covering enough. So the federal government steps in and tries to make people as right as possible. Damage from flooding and earth movement, which includes earthquakes, mudslides, landslides, sinkholes, is excluded from homeowners insurance. Now, in a hurricane, how much of it's wind damage? How much of it is flooding? I'm seeing a lot of flooding damage to get flood and mudslide protection, which I once lived on the side of a hill that had some small mudslides. I was just renting, but in my head of heads, I'm like, I wonder if the insurance would cover this. To get flood and mudslide insurance, you got to pay a separate policy from the federally funded national flood insurance program or a private insurer. You also have to buy separate coverage for your, your possessions. They're typically not included in flood policies. If I had to replace every item in my home, it's going to be a financial mess. It's going to hurt. But I do one of the more anal things. If you were to go through my phone, you'd see some pretty sexy photos. If you were to go through my phone, you'd see a lot of photos of like, why did he take eight photos of his kid playing soccer when he could have just taken one? Forgot to delete seven of them. If you go through my phone, you'd find pictures of my home, pictures of my goods, p- pictures of my possessions. Um, my, I would probably have receipts for everything because I tend to shop at three to five places, like Amazon, Best Buy. But I also take pictures to show I did have this. I didn't sell it. This was the latest version of my home. And then every three to five years, I probably delete photos and retake new photos, right? So you got to make sure that you're properly covered. And that typically comes with a phone call or two. Insurers stand ready to help their policyholders recover and rebuild after Hurricane Ian. That's the, the messaging that you get for sure. But the reality is it's up to you to really know what's insured and what's not. For earthquakes, you must pay a separate policy from a private insurer, or if you live in California, from the California Earthquake Authority. In some states, insurers will cover sinkholes if you buy separate coverage. You know, I've never gone, I wonder why I live on a sinkhole. So I'm probably not as protected as I think I am, because I could be living on a sinkhole. I live on kind of a side of a hill, and it's a pretty moist hill because it's close to the ocean. (laughs) A homeowner's policy will reimburse you for additional living expenses if you have to live outside the home. I've seen insurance work really, really well in wildfires in California for people that are really, really informed and aggressive with their insurance company. I've seen insurance work very, very poorly for people. I honestly think this is one where it takes you to be battle ready, battle born. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Stocks, bonds, real estate, baseball cards. They're all examples of assets. Comic books. Every now and then, you you get one right. My kid has an obsession with Pokemon cards, and he's way too old to own Pokemon cards. <clears throat> I get when you're six, opening up a tinfoil packet and finding out you got something that's considered rare, even though there's probably four million of them. <laughs> it's rare compared to the other card next to it that there's eight million of. I get the thrill of it. And I'm probably looking pretty ignorant here. I've got a first edition Superman comic. I've got a first edition Spider-Man comic. Um, I don't even know what they're worth. You know how you should take pictures of things that have value in your home? That a fire or a flood would create havoc with you saying... What was the value of that anyway? <clears throat> we kind of know how it cost to replace a couch, but baseball cards and pokemon cards I hate to say it they're an asset class they're they're very speculative in my opinion. Very rarely do they work out like people want them to in my opinion, but this one's hilarious, and I can't possibly say um that I would pay this kind of money for what I'm about to tell you. But Mark Zuckerberg has an old baseball card of him playing baseball in Little League. Baseball card was created using... um, The baseball card was given to a camp counselor at a day camp in White Plains, New York that Zuckerberg attended. Um, The count... The camp counselor asked Zuckerberg to sign the card to make the kid feel like he was a star. It's a weird, one-of-a-kind piece. And it sold for $105,000. And I when, I when I'm telling you that Mark Zuckerberg was an ugly kid, I'm being mean. Um, but <laughs> I can say, like, I didn't really think that was going to be worth anything. Zuckerberg posted a photo of the baseball card on Instagram, announcing it would soon become an NFT. In his trading card, his baseball card as a child, he was listed as 48 pounds and had a 920 batting average, which is pretty good. That would be like probably Little League. That may be more collectible than anything else. Now, what's interesting about this is it was sold by a cap Counselor, right? From his childhood. What things do I have? I was a, <clears throat> I managed my son's traveling soccer team for a few years. And I had to keep photos of all the kids. And what, what, if one of those kids becomes messy. And I have, you know, his card from when he was seven years old. It would be unique you kind of get it. Last month, we heard of Elon Musk's college girlfriend, Jennifer Gwyn. She auctioned off photos of the young billionaire for $165,000. And these were just photos of him, like college photos. In college, you get through this phase where you think it's really cool to wear a trench coat. And later in life, you look back and you're like, why was I wearing a trench coat? I had a lot of hair. Why was I wearing a trench coat? Or, gosh, I was really skinny and I thought I was chubby. I'm not going to do one of those graduation speeches. Be proud of who you are, because when you look back in life, you'll you'll know that you were a lot skinnier than you were. But why were you wearing a trench coat? Um. So I don't know anyone who's ever really made it big with collectibles. And I can't really say that I have the mindset for collectibles. But seeing Mark Zuckerberg's Little League baseball card selling for $105,000 um it's pretty hilarious you know it's weird he hasn't bought a, a sports team yet i wonder if facebook stabilizes and his wealth stabilizes is he going to start getting out of facebook and getting into things like buying the san francisco giants it's a good question right i think you're going to see a, a bit more billionaires getting into sports franchises as a way of diversification But I'm digressing. So what do you have in your basement that you think is worth something? Um, I'm not a collector. So in fact, I would say uh, I want to get rid of more stuff. My wife is kept in a closet, games like Monopoly and all the board games from her childhood that she played. Kids don't play board games anymore. Trying to get a kid to sit down and play a board game is painful. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. The year 2022 is quickly going to be forcing itself into 2023. 2022 will probably be remembered as the year where many Americans learned about inflation. And for 20 years, I've been saying on the air, you know, I'm not afraid of Jason Voorhees. If a dude shows up at my house With a bag over his head, because he's so malformed. With a machete, or he's in my backyard, and Freddy Krueger. I'm not afraid of those things. But inflation, I've always told you, is the boogeyman. And this was the year we learned about inflation. We're going through another recession, which we have very short-term memories on. We've been through three or four in my lifetime. Um, in my invest lifetime, two good ones, investments lifetime for me is age 20 to 60. Um, recessions, we t- seem to forget inflation. I bet people are talking stories about 2022 inflation 20 years from now. Like we talk about inflation in the 1970s, four years after the fact, okay. you get the idea. Inflation is the boogeyman and you finally got to learn it. And a Mark Zuckerberg card worth a hundred thousand dollars is insane. I'm Rob Black. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Landfall. That's the phrase that pays as the hurricane Ian touched down into Florida yesterday, creating some fascinating video, which it did get me off my hiney to call my insurance company to find out. A couple more questions about my insurance policy, what's covered and what's not covered. I highly encourage people to talk to their insurance company. Whenever it makes sense, whenever you're like, maybe your neighbor's car got broken into, maybe your neighbor's house got broken into, maybe last December we had crazy amounts of rain, and what happens if that happens this year and it gets even worse? Hurricane Ian is pummeling Florida. Yesterday was a good day on the stock market. Interesting how we can watch a hurricane nearly the strength of category five and then you're looking at the stock market and you're looking at the hurricane you are looking at the stock market you look at the hurricane winds of 150 miles per hour lashed the area as the storm first hit a storm surge as high as 12 feet engulfed homes and cars alongside along the coast i saw some this this is like where twitter shines i was going through twitter and looking at some of the videos people were posted and it was interesting was some of them were shocking right You'd see a two-story home, and the water's coming up to the roof. You're like, that's 15 feet of water, at least. In the street, there's a shark swimming down. A shark was swimming down a a, hot, uh, a residential street. You're like, that's a shark. That's like, that's like Sharknado, but real. You're like, I hope the shark finds its way back to safety, because that would suck to wake up and find a dead shark in your backyard. I know you're saying, wasn't expecting the show to start off like that, Rob. The Dow and the S&P 500 snapped a six-day losing streak after the Bank of England stepped in to calm investors about its teetering markets. The announcement helped crashing bonds recover in a big way. The 10-year treasury yield posted its biggest one-day drop since 2009. Biogen had an epic day. I once owned Biogen, and yesterday I looked at it and I go, damn, I wish I would have held onto that. They had an all timers all timers all timers drug showed a lot of promise. One point eight million Floridians lost power. And that's after the storm already took out Cuba's power grid. Um interesting. The FDA I always find our government fascinating. And in the first hour, I talked about how our federal government is going to bail out a lot of people, financially speaking, with FEMA emergency relief. Um, but the taxpayers in Kansas, do they ever scratch their head and go, why am I, why, why are my taxes going to pay for someone in Florida who lives in a beach town and they get beach water in their home? It's just the way the system kind of works. The FDA proposed new rules yesterday to move nutrition labels to the front of food packaging. I find that one interesting and to update what manufacturers are allowed to call healthy with the aim of helping consumers make better choices at the grocery store. This comes as President Biden's 44-page plan to end hunger and diet-related diseases by 2030. Very noble goal. Um, I heard a comedian say yesterday, you know, oh, it's David Spade. Um. He does a podcast, basically on Saturday Night Live years, and uh, in the podcast he says, "Remember when you're in college, we didn't know what carbohydrates were. We just ate them. We didn't, you know, know a pizza was just carbs and like, and like, our country is kind of not very well educated on nutrition and food. That this is a government proposal to help us read what's inside the box." I don't know, our government could be doing better things, but it is what it is, right? Aaron Judge ties Roger Maris. That was kind of a sweet moment when his mom hugged Roger Maris's son. Um, Judge has seven games left to break his record, though he won't touch Barry Bonds overall. Major League Baseball record is 73 homers. Um, that's a monkey on Barry Bonds' back that he probably wants off. He got the record, and then he found out that people were going to call him a cheater his whole rest of his life. <laughs> Probably would have preferred not to get the record and just be a great home run hitter. Um, I don't know. Should he have backed down? kind of think so. You know how um, sometimes Netflix movies come along or documentaries shows what on any platform, not just Netflix? Jeffrey Dahmer is Netflix's biggest premiere since Stranger Things season four. Um, That's kind of macabre, isn't it? Um, The dude ate other human beings and some of those human beings have brothers and sisters who are still alive. And to see your brother being eaten fictionally on a TV screen would weird me out. Um. It's interesting because there's a lot of controversy right now. It's not the first to pick gruesome crimes. There's plenty of backlash on portrayal of infamous serial killers stories. Family members of one victim, Errol Lindsay, said it's traumatizing, re-traumatizing. Despite Netflix pledging to give Dahmer's victim a voice, people are saying no one reached out to us. Uh, Netflix is tagged, and this is the fascinating thing. Netflix had a big day yesterday. This is why it came up in my screen. It's tagged the docudrama as LGBTQ content, but then it quietly removed that tag. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like, I, I'm not going to sit down long enough to try to figure out what the story is here. Uh, but most of Dahmer's victims were young gay men of color, and Netflix put a weird label on the docudrama. As Melania Trump would say, do better, do better, or be better. What is it? I don't know. LeBron James likes pickleball. Uh, is this going to be a thing? There's a major league pickleball team being formed. Pickleball's loud entrance during the pandemic just kept growing as more high-profile names like uh, LeBron James helped, f- helped start the NLP. It's expanding from 12 teams to 16 teams. Its backers include quarterback Drew Brees, Milwaukee Bucks owner Mark Lassery, and now LeBron James. Pickleball is similar to tennis, but more accessible to beginners. It's the fastest growing sport in the country. The number of players surged from 3.4 million in 2019 to 4.8 million in 2021. And it's probably undercounted. The average of three new pickleball venues opening per day. There's an average of three new pickleball venues opening every day. Is it a court? It's a venue. I think. Um, I don't know. I, I are we going to see pickleball on ESPN? We probably already have. I'm not watching sports very much these days. Um, sport is very well funded. And the Major League of Pickleballers, uh, they've got purses of up to $2 million. Pretty interesting, right? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We will continue to hit what's working and what's not working on Wall Street. We'll talk about inflation, insurance, hurricanes, jobless numbers, and much, much more. I'm Rob Black